welcome to the PharmaSource podcast. Today's episode is a conversation with two business leaders at BD, Beckton Dickinson, who head up two distinct business units for drug delivery solutions. First, I speak to Marie-Liz Lekofek, who is business director for BD's medication delivery solutions, ancillary medical devices used for the preparation and administration of drugs. Following that, I speak to Dragana Svijanovic, Business Director for BD's Medical Pharmaceutical Systems, covering primary packaging in pre-fillable injection devices. Dragana is also responsible for sustainability, so we discuss her priorities and how realistic it is for the pharma industry to achieve its sustainability targets for 2023 without a lot more effort. Marie starts off by explaining how the two business units operate. Yeah, hello. So my name is Marie-Diaz Lekofek. At PD, there are a number of business units which do serve the pharmaceutical industries on a number of different devices or, or tests or diagnostics and so on. But there are two that really provide drug delivery solutions to the pharmaceutical industry. One is pharmaceutical systems. And that business unit provides profitable systems that serves both as packaging and as device to inject or administer the product. And then there is another one called medication delivery solutions, which provides the industry with medical devices that are also used, for instance, in hospitals, and that you would typically co-pack or co-deliver, uh, but you do not prefill, right? So if you're in pharma, you use it as an ancillary to the delivery of your drug. I lead within BD, the part that supplies the pharmaceutical industry or other industries actually with uh, medication delivery uh, solutions. Uh, so they are usually medical devices, right? That mm-hmm. typically in the pharmaceutical industry would be co-packed with drugs or would be used in clinical trials uh, or would be used as co-delivery, as a service to the end user, right? Mm -hmm. So specifically, when you develop a drug, you may identify that it has complexities that require specific um, injection system. That's largely for injection. We also have some oral syringes, but it's mainly for injection. Uh, So specificities that you want to make sure the the drug is administered in the right way, which means that you want to control the device with which it is administered. So obviously, mm-hmm. when you start your clinical trials, it's it's a very important decision that you're making. And quite often, we see our customers thinking, okay, a syringe is a syringe, a catheter is a catheter, an infusion set is an infusion set. A vial adapter is a vial adapter. No, not all of them are all the same. And once you've selected a specific device for your clinical trial, in case you plan to use it in the future in your regulatory filing, or whether you want to co-pack it or whether you want to recommend that kind of administration or reconstitution device for your drug, you'd better make sure you have the right one from start because the device you may have used in your clinical trial, for instance, may in the meantime 
have been discontinued by the manufacturer. Or you mm. may realize that, oh, maybe the material interacts in a weird way with my drug, right? Or, oh, I did not realize that was only registered. This is a medical device, right? So it's registered somewhere. It's only registered in this country when I want the world, right? So that's really where my team comes in, is advising you as early as possible in your development uh, cycle on which device, if you need to use a specific device, which device to use, which which uh, functionality, which material, but also which documentation, which registration, uh, which uh, uh, certainty you have that the device, again, is going to still exist when your drug is on the market, right? Mm. So that's basically what we do. Does your team always start at that early stage or do you sometimes work with customers who are much further or maybe even have a product which is at commercial launch phase? Yeah, thank you very much for the question. Absolutely, absolutely. We often see that, for instance, when it's a co-delivery, we have customers who come and say, okay, we are selling this drug in the market currently, but we are thinking about uh, differentiating from uh, others in tenders and therefore provide some administration or reconstitution device to go with it to just help the way it's used. So that's a case that is we, we see. Or otherwise, what we see is when we are at the end of the development and there is a thinking that, okay, to help use that drug. Let's say, for instance, the drug is an acute drug that requires to be used in emergency settings, right? And it's complex to administer. In this case, you need, you know, an infusion set, a specific catheter, uh, you need a reconstitution device, whatever, right? The marketing team or the clinical team of the pharmaceutical company realizes that they better have it in the same box, right? So that hospitals can take care of the emergency when it comes instead of having to pick and find whatever they need, right? So that's an example. Or we have situations as well, quite a lot now of chronic um, chronic drugs that need reconstitution and or need some dosing adaptation between patients, right? With the drug, with the vials, come a vial adapter, come a syringe for reconstitution, come a needle for injection, safety needle usually, right? So that's typically the kind of things when it's usually in phase two that uh, the pharmaceutical companies will will, will, will talk to us. Or mm. sometimes it's for life cycle management. And when customers come to you, are there any particular products or services which BD are, are, are well known for or differentiates you from others in the market? Because it's a very competitive marketplace it is a competitive market however bd is very unique with this range because first our range is very very broad right it's basically everything that bd sells in hospitals in terms of administration or reconstitution material that we can offer to pharmaceutical companies uh, and we have this very broad range and the expertise uh, of bd which is epitomized in the pharmaceutical systems part of, of BD, mm. which we are distinct from, but we still you know, share the same expertise, right? Uh, in uh, in uh, pharmaceutical regulations, in quality uh, management systems, 
we are really used to work with pharma and we know what's needed. We know what's needed in terms of uh, of uh, quality agreements, long-term quality agreements. We know what's needed in terms of continuity of supply. We know what's needed in terms of regulatory support and documentation. And that is makes us fairly unique, very broad range, high quality product. I mean, BD has been in the market forever because mm. of those high quality products and the ability to support uh, from a regulatory supply and uh, and quality management standpoint. Furthermore, we are open to listen to specific needs of our customers and sometimes adapt. So for instance, product is not validated for such use. Okay, maybe we can work with you in adapting the in, in developing the data for to 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 validate the product for for, for your specific use. Or we can look at like, changes in a product that would make it more suitable to the need of a specific drug. So that's also the kind of openness we can have. Thank you. Dragana, welcome to the podcast. Please, could you introduce yourself and what you do at BD, please? Sure. So my name is Dragana Svejanovic. So I'm part of BD Pharmaceutical Systems uh, within BD. And my role is uh, business director in charge of processability and sustainability. So essentially, I'm driving the, the business strategy on those two topics uh, for uh, pharma systems. Thank you. For your side of the business, what are the products and services which your team are focused on developing and supporting customers with? We are providers and developers of uh, primary container and injectable devices uh, to the pharma industry. So our customers are broad pharma uh, pharma customers uh, that uh, act in different areas of application. Um, let's say the prevented side is mostly vaccines and anticoagulants. Uh, then we have a broad range to support the acute space. And of course, the, the, the biggest platform now and the growing platform is the platform for biologics, drugs mm-hmm. that are uh, mostly used in, the, in, in chronic disease treatments. How much of focus is that for you at the moment biologic it's the highest focus of the company today yes absolutely that's interesting and in terms of the actual specific products and services which you're going to be releasing in the in this in the next 12 months or so could you give us a flavor of what they are please so i would say in general, we are focusing on delivering uh, new new preferable syringes and injection devices to cope with this big trend of uh, patient treatment moving from hospital to home uh, in the in the chronic space that we have just mentioned. Mm. And we have a broad range of uh, offerings coming to the market that uh, move from small size injection to larger volume injection as the market is moving and our customers are moving towards this direction in terms of drug development. Um, On the top of that, we are working on different uh, solutions as well to address new new drug formulation, I would say, in the the scope of vaccines. So the new one is known as mRNA technology. And for that, we need to adapt some, uh, some of our offers as well. And this is a second area of focus for us. Thank you. So let's talk about sustainability then. Given your role, I think that would be appropriate. And packaging can make a massive impact on the environmental footprint of of the industry. Be interested to know just how you're thinking about that, what you see the challenges are for the pharma industry in becoming more sustainable. 
So maybe before getting into the packaging space, I would like to highlight at a broader level that BD as a company is committed on the environmental stand standpoint, and that we have uh, we have actually uh, submitted our numbers and verification for full validation to science-based target. So we are following the guidelines of SBTI, which is today a key requirement for pharma industry. Uh, so to answer your question on the challenges, uh, I would say that pharma industries has um, has defined very, uh, very ambitious targets in terms of decarbonization. And uh, I would say that the biggest challenge is probably this one, the vast majority of their carbon footprint probably ranging the 50 to 70% actually comes from suppliers. Mm. So you immediately connect the dots between the challenge and their ambitions and our contribution as BD company globally. And I'm covering here both, uh, both areas of the businesses that we are discussing as we have to uh, a massive role to play here in helping our customer reach their targets of decarbonization that again are in the range of 70, 80 to 90 percent by 2030. Mm. So 2030, six years from now. So it's it's a very short time frame to divide your carbon footprint by four. Yes, yeah, massive. How, how do you how do you tend to break that challenge down? Are there are there particular areas which will make more impact than others? Yes, here I would say the considerations are really uh, business dependent. So the structure approach to that it, it's by starting to do what is called life cycle assessment, which is the analysis of where the the, the parts of your products and process that generate this carbon, and by doing this assessment, we are able to identify what's called the hotspot. Spots, and mm. hence the areas where you have to to you have to run your battles, if you will. So starting by your Pareto uh, of of your biggest contributors. So when it comes to um, the space where we are operating farm systems, our biggest challenge, I would say, for the industry, and that goes beyond of the primary containers that we are, is that the vast majority of those containers are made of glass and glass is a very energy uh, intensive uh, process mm. which requires therefore a massive effort in terms of decarbonization so essentially what i mean here is that if you're in the plastic industry or plastic components you can leverage electricity and green electricity through solar panels, etc., is somehow available, while gas that we need to reach the very high temperature we need to reach in terms of process to form the glass uh, cannot uh, ca does not exist in a in a green form today. Uh, we are not there yet uh, globally. So the biggest challenge of the container industry made of glass is going to be the the management of gas. And uh, that, that is a fossil fuel that has a very high level of carbon emission. Mm. So uh, really where the market is going is, and you can read that in the press, is really working either on changing the processes to, to be able, so that's the process angle, or change the source of energy and to work on projects of investments around biogas, for example, or hydrogen that could replace mm. potentially the fossil sources. 
Are there any initiatives in this area you could talk about that BD are working on at the moment are going to be unveiling in, in the year ahead? So we are accelerating our investments in green energy. And this is a topic that will be covered, uh, and I hope we will be able to announce a bit more soon. Uh, But yes, we are progressing on that front. Um, And it's a combination, it's going to be a combination between uh, uh, electricity and gas, I would say, so in in, in our mix. Aside from this aspect that is very uh, specific to containers, I would say, I think in overall, uh, BD has been um, has created a, a central structure that all businesses of BD will benefit from. That is called SMTI, which is essentially uh, the sustainable material. Um, it, core arm, I would say, to to help all businesses identify um, sources of, let's say, low carbon uh, materials. So it's going to be around material science Mm -hmm. to to manage our products because we, I mentioned glass, but all of our products in BD in general use a lot of plastics, as you mentioned rightly. And all of this has to be somehow managed at some stage and and decarbonized so um, this is one pillar that that bd has invested on so a central team to help us on the material science identification thank you you mentioned life cycle assessment Mm -hmm. that's something that you do with customers is it is that something that you would consult with them on no no, I would say that we do that internally with the help of uh, consultants. Okay. But we also are hiring and structuring ourselves to build the capabilities internally, both at corporate level as well as business unit level. Great. Because what you, the purpose of this is being able to uh, uh, to build a matrix of what your footprint today based on the materials and the waste you use and to be able to quickly simulate how much you can gain if you move from material A that is high carbon Mm. footprint let's say polycarbonate for example that we use a lot in medical devices and if you move to PP how much you can gain in terms of carbon and one step further if you move to PP recycled. So the objective is to have this capability as well internally to be able to modelize the different changes we want to make and make our decisions around uh, our roadmaps. Mm, Great, thank you. Those industry targets to reduce um, the carbon footprint by by four times, how how realistic do you do you think those are? Because I mm-hmm. I, I hear you know mixed mixed messages about that. We're at a time of high inflation as well. Do you think sustainability is as much of a focus as it should be in order to meet those targets? Mm-hmm. So to the first question on how real, realistic, let's be very clear: it is feasible technically. By two thousand thirty, seems short because we are already late when it comes to farm. And Marie mentioned rightfully the registration piece, but just to set the scene, whatever we develop in this business, and I think about major changes, like changing a material will take two to three years to do at minimum. And pharma industries will have to manage it And they will do that in three years on average, Mm. I would say. So we are already late for 2030. And to come back to your question, or is it feasible? Yes. Minus 80 seems extremely aggressive, uh, extremely aggressive, especially if you don't want to accept higher costs, 
degrade your quality because nobody wants to impact quality and do that without changing your own internal industrial process. Mm. So it's true that if we can't change the price, can't change the process and can't change the regulatory filing, no, it's not possible. Let's be clear. And that's the message I'm conveying. So if we do nothing, um, we cannot count on green energy uh, as a sole source of easy decarbonization. And even that will mean for industry to accept cost increase because it's it's public information that green energy is today higher than brown energy. So it's not for free. Something has got to give. You can't meet the targets and not expect the cost to increase. My son, who is 15, would say, Mommy, no pain, no gain. <laughs> so <laughs> this was for sport, but I think it's more or less the message I'm conveying uh, broadly. And based on my discussion with the industry, I think we're aligned on the fact that if we don't change and accept some some concessions, I would say it won't happen. Mm-hmm. We were very clear with our customers. Makes sense. Thank you both so much for joining me today. It's been a pleasure speaking to you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Finally, we're excited to tell you about PartnerMatch, which is a brand new service from us at PharmaSource. PartnerMatch is a new online meeting platform designed to be the most targeted, efficient and sustainable way to connect with pre-approved partners in key areas such as APIs, packaging, supply chain, contract manufacturing and CROs. We believe that by creating better, faster matches, PartnerMatch can directly contribute to accelerating the rollout of groundbreaking therapies. Get involved by heading to pharmasource.global/partnermatch.